Sam, what's the word? Happiness. Happiness? Happiness is not a station we arrive at. It's a way of traveling. Where'd you hear that? I I heard heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I'm Alice, an alcoholic in transition. It, in transition. <laughs> well, at least you're not in traction. And that is true. <laughs> Alice, it's a new month, and you know what that means. The new grapevines are here. Somebody told me recently that they didn't want to subscribe to the print grapevine because she didn't want her nosy neighbors to know that she's in AA. There are two solutions to that. The grapevine app gives you the magazine and the podcast and more. But for people who've never gotten the physical magazine in the mail before, how does it arrive? Well, that's a great question. It comes in a plain gray sealed plastic envelope. One of those super strong plastic envelopes. Oh, yeah. You need scissors to open that thing or you could like, I mean, you got to grab it with your teeth (laughs) and tear the thing. It will not be damaged in shipping. That thing is sealed. No, not even the United States Post Office can damage it. (laughs) For the return envelope, it just says Grapevine Post Office Box 2516, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, 17703. And the postage area just says periodical postage paid at Plattsburgh in the additional mailing offices. But I love the alliteration of that. I always like to read it out loud. (laughs) Periodical postage paid at Plattsburgh. (gasps) Yeah. And then it, it has your address, but no mention of Alcoholics Anonymous anywhere. So any nosy neighbors out there will be none the wiser. The thing is, is that unless your neighbors already know that the word grapevine relates to AA, they don't know that it's the AA magazine. There's no way to tell from the envelope that you're a member of AA. What's in the magazine this month, Alice? Oh, man, it's so exciting. This month, we're featuring stories of sobriety and hope by our Spanish-speaking members of AA. And it's translated from the pages of Lavinia, our sister to Grapevine. And I really am excited about the fresh off the farm story. A member shares how he found AA in the United States and then returned home to Colombia to help other people get sober. In The Secret to a Good Party, I want that secret. (laughs) In The Secret to a Good Party, a man who grew up drinking beer in Mexico finds how much more fun it is to party in AA. I guess I got to read the story. I mean, I wanted to tell you when I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, how shocked I was at what a good time we have. And for anybody that has never been to a Young People in AA event, you have not been to a party until you've been to a WIPA event. But, you know, even just going with a crew after the meeting to the coffee shop. We're not a glum lot. We got kicked out of the coffee. We didn't get kicked out. But the barista came over and told us about six of us guys after the meeting, would you please hold it down? We can't hear to take orders. We were having such a good time. (laughs) A good time to be had. And there are dances and cruises. and There are all kinds of things that we do. Also included in Building Unity 
there's a powerful story about a member helping to bring Spanish and English-speaking AA communities closer together in the great state of Texas. It was written by Nadja F., who's going to be with us a little bit later. In Shower Not Required, a group alarmed with an unwashed homeless man attending the meeting debates between Tradition 1, our common welfare should come first, and Tradition 3, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. Well, you can guess the outcome from the title of the story, Shower Not Required, but you've got to read it to feel the punch of that heartwarming conclusion. It's really good. You know, I think that this tradition one, tradition three comes up a lot in meetings and no showers required. Everybody's welcome. Yep. Not required, but encouraged. Encourage, absolutely encourage. We love for you to be fresh smelling, but it is not required. If you can drink our bad coffee and eat our cheap cookies, it's, <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to find a bad cup of coffee, but you can do it in an AA meeting. You can do it in an AA meeting. One of the other things that's in the March issue that I'm really excited about is in the news column. It's a wonderful interview with Paz P. She's a Spanish-speaking chair of the current Grapevine board, and we're really lucky to be able to have her. She's our guest today, and we're going to find a lot more out about what's going on in Spanish-speaking AA communities. All righty then. Today is jam-packed. Paz, and then author Nadja F. from Granbury, Texas. As mentioned, she wrote Building Unity. It's on page 16. All of this is in the March 2024 issue. It's on your Grapevine app right now. And I love the new update to the app. Did you notice this, Alice? I did. You could always do an audio playback through the whole magazine in order, starting with the first story. Well, now you can do that with the text as well. At the end of the story, you get a next article button, which opens up the next story, just like in the magazine. I love it. I'm really excited because I don't have to go back and search again. I can just hit next. Yeah, just hit next, read through the magazine. How can I support the Grapevine podcast? Since the Grapevine is self-supporting, we don't sell ad space in our magazines, our website, or even the podcast. Grapevine doesn't even accept contributions from AA members. Wait, what? If you want to support this podcast, visit aagrapevine.org and click on store or subscribe in the new Grapevine app. Thank you for the invitation. My name is Pasti. I am an alcoholic. My severity date, my first date in a meeting was August 15, 1997. My home group is Mujeres en Acción. It is a meeting online, but I live in Tucson, Arizona. Pass, welcome. Thank you. You know, I can't read Lavinia and... <laughs> I was wondering, what is the difference between La Viña and the Grapevine magazine? La Viña is for Spanish-speaking members. I think we have our own magazine with our own stories. At the beginning, it was a translation because we didn't have enough 
Right now, the editor receives enough stories to have original material from the Spanish-speaking members. In some ways, it's almost a misnomer to just say it's Spanish language because it's more than the language. There are cultural differences. There are norms. There are different barriers. There are different cultural expectations. And so that La Vina isn't just a, a translation of the grapevine, but is really the voice of our Spanish-speaking community is beautiful. Like, what are the other kinds of things that people like myself and Don, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I don't, yo no hablo no español, no, no buenos, muy poquito, that those of us that can't read it, like, what do we need to know so that we can be better partners in supporting the expansion and inclusion? One of the things is that we have to face the fact that we don't have enough women in the meetings. This is a male, 80% probably is male, and we have more women right now, but not enough. Right. So La Viña is in a connection between the women in the fellowship that saying, okay, you are probably the only one in your home group, the only one in your hometown, but there are more. Maybe there are ways to connect. If you don't speak English, you can connect through the magazine. It is important. I mean, I received a message in Mexico City. My first home group, half women, half men. Wow. I didn't see any difference. It was a big city. It was a good balance. When I moved to Arizona, it was a shock to see that I was the only woman in my home group. Oh. I was the only one. It's a small town, Tucson. But in my community, it was only five women in the whole community. Wow. And out of the five, Two of them, they were all timers. They were only going to the meeting once a week or once every other week. And the other three, we received a message in another town or in another country. We didn't have any woman receiving the message in my hometown. It took almost a solid 10 years wow. to have a woman that received the message in my town to stay sober yeah. and, and to connect with another one in a way that we know how that works in AA. But that wasn't because there weren't alcoholics there. Exactly. It's not because we don't have enough clients. We have enough people. I mean, we have enough people asking for information. But it was very difficult to connect with another woman or to see reflected when all of them were male. So it took a while. It took a moment. And it was not only in my community. It was an example that you can see across. Across the So La Viña works in a way to say... We have another histories about women, what they are facing, how they are serving, how they are trying to stay sober in the program. Can you share a personal story of how perhaps Lavinia has helped you to stay sober? I was already in the program. I was already working the step when I read my first magazine because I received the message in Mexico City. But the first woman that stayed sober in Tucson, Arizona, was because she was able to hear La Viña in audio because she was unable to read. It was third generation. She went to the school. She was drinking, you know, the whole, the whole enchilada, right? And she was able to hear the magazine on her with her headphones and hear another stories from members, women's members, that they stay sober. It, it is helpful to hear from everyone. I, I am not saying it's, it has to be only women, but it, it's, it's a kind of a special link when you hear another woman. You know, the thing I think this brings up for me 
when we look back at the founding of Alcoholics Anonymous, right, it was really homogenous. It was middle class, older white men. And the expansion of Alcoholics Anonymous to really stand in its purpose to be available to everyone, right? And I hear you saying that, like, Lavinia is a lifeline, not only to the Spanish speaking community, but in particular to the least served women. But the second thing is, you know, there's a little bit of a debate in Alcoholics Anonymous, depending on who you talk to, about the importance of specialty meetings, right? I think of them as affinity meetings, right? Spanish-speaking meetings, women's meetings, men's meetings, gay meetings, young people's meetings. And sometimes people who are not a part of a, you know, I don't want to use the word minority because we're not the minority anymore, right? But people who are not a part of what is considered mainstream America, people feel like, why do you need something separate? Not understanding that it's a lifeline, like it's the difference between life and death for some people. It is interesting because I have fellow members and they say, why to have a a meeting for only women, right? And we have this group of women that we sometimes go to a meeting. We are five women in a meeting. It's only male. And they they feel kind of, oh, this is weird. Too many women, they, they don't know what to do, right? <laughs> oh my God, they, they feel weird. I said, yeah, welcome to my world. Right, welcome. welcome. To the way I, I see. And then they see the difference when they ex- they have the same experience that we do. Another experience is when my first GCR in my home group here in, in Tucson, Arizona, went to the assembly. He was giving his report about the assembly. He said, okay, let me start with this. It was a lot of women there. <laughs> the delegate is a woman. The secretary was a woman. Half of the group was a woman. I don't know. It was it was weird. So many women in the assembly, and I was there. Yes, outside of AA, we have women. It's, it's right. just that it's this thing about when you have to experience that is when you realize how important it is to have that kind of meetings. Spanish speaking meetings, I think they are in a way special meetings. We have a sign outside, you know, the triangle with the circle outside. And sometimes we have people who don't speak Spanish coming to the meeting. So we have a grapevine with an address of the home group and a phone number, or we call someone to pick up the persons, right? Nice. Um, so it's a way of connection. So at least they have the magazine. Right. And they can read the magazine. And who knows? Hopefully they will read something that let me give a chance again. Like I give the Grapevine magazine to newcomers all the time. No. So, Pass, where did you get sober? Was it in a Spanish-speaking meeting? Was it in an English meeting? I was sober in Mexico City in a Spanish-speaking meeting. I am grateful for the PI committee because I hear two AA members on the radio sharing their story. I was shocked. I was thinking, oh, that's 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 me. That's it wasn't the first time, but it, I was Hanover. I was in my office trying to work, and I remember the wall. It was a, a mirror, huge mirror. My skin was green. My hair was a mess. I was. It was. It was awful. So to hear these people feeling so happy, I don't know. It was something that really took me in. Uh, they give a phone number. And I called the radio station because they said you needed information where your closest meeting. I closed the radio. And you have to know that Mexico City has 20 million of people. It's a big city. Huge. Uh-huh. So 
I call radio and I fake the voice because someone was going to recognize me, right? <laughs> I think it's so important that someone is going to think, oh, Paz is calling, right? And I said, it's for someone else, of course. Right. And I said, can you give me information about a meeting? And she said, of course, where do you want to go? They say, yes, they have a phone number in the group. I called. It was a woman who answered the phone. It was a woman who opened the door. And it was a woman who shared the meeting. Wow. In my first meeting. So every time I share that with my fellow woman members here, they, they say, that's amazing. Well, that was normal for me. It, yeah. it, I know we are going to be like that. I know that. I have right. hope because I see we are growing more. I see more women at the events. I stopped drinking from my first meeting. It was amazing. It was something I didn't expect. I was there only to see what is going on. And I didn't expect that the solution was to stop drinking. I didn't expect that. Uh, surprise right? yeah surprise you have to stop but, but i was thinking what a beautiful story and thank you for the shout out to our public information branch yeah. here you are 26 years later i don't know them i i cannot say thank you for you give me something so huge my life back right i i cannot say thank you because i don't know them but thank you for the people who raise mm. their hand they don't know that they saved my life they don't know that Oh. And I hope they have a wonderful life, both of them. But we don't know when we talk with someone who is going to be listening and what is going to be the impact. Uh, we don't know that. Um, and maybe we don't have to know. We just have to do what we were told to do in the steps and the book. We pay it back by paying it forward. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Nadja? Hi, Nadja. Hello there. Uh, my name is Nadja F. and I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety date is December 10, 2020, and my home group is the Serenity Group in Granbury, Texas. Are the meetings in Texas have very few women, or is it an equal mix? In this area, there's a really good mix of men and women. I feel like in the English-speaking meetings, the women are taking over. But uh, I visit Hispanic groups at least once a week, and there are a lot less women in the Hispanic groups. Mm -hmm. So, Nanja, tell us, what happened to you that brought you to AA? There is a history of alcoholism in my family. I could tell there was a problem with my drinking in 2008, I moved to Texas with a K-1 visa. But my fiancé had three DWIs. We had a very similar lifestyle, right? But at the moment, he couldn't drink because he had an ankle monitor, a breathalyzer in the car, and he was actually on probation. So he had to get signatures for his probation. So when I moved here, I just went with him. That was my first AA meeting in Fort Worth, Texas. You identified when you went? I mean, you felt like, oh, I need to quit drinking too? There was times in my life, I started drinking, I was about 13 years old. But I knew that I couldn't drink at that moment. So when I moved here, I was not drinking for a few months. And I mm -hmm. thought that AA was to help us to stop drinking. And we were not drinking. So I really just soared through the meeting. I didn't understand anything. It took me about 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> and a DWI, yes. Ah, so you did drink again. Very quickly. After that, I got a divorce. My drinking got back to where it was every day until I blacked out. So you had heard about AA quite a few times by going to AA a lot. You knew what it was about. 
What was the difference the last time you got sober? I had run out of ideas. I could feel like the floor slipping off my feet. It was a suggestion from an all-anon friend, and she asked me if I was going to meetings, and I told her no, that AA didn't work for me. She's like, well, that's interesting. You must be very special because it works for so many people. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Zing! I was like, okay, I'm going to go just to tell her that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I got there and everybody was happy to see me. They told me it works better if you don't drink between the meetings. Come back yep. tomorrow. Little things. <laughs> <laughs> And I did that because I had nowhere better to be. You know, the, this work that you wrote about for Lavinia, bridging what can be a divide between the Spanish-speaking and the English-speaking communities, talk a little bit more about how you got interested in that. When I was about six months sober, I was having a really rough time. My group was very small, and they didn't have a GSR. And they asked me if I wanted to be a GSR. And I spoke with my sponsor that was always very involved in service. And she is like, that's a great idea. Okay, so a GSR is a general service representative. That's the member of the group who represents the group conscience to the district, to the area, and ultimately to the conference. Yes. So my first assembly was the fall 2021 I could see that there was a separation between the Spanish speakers, not a very good representation in terms of numbers either. There was volunteers doing the translation at that point. A few months later, we voted a motion. Now we have professional interpretation in our assemblies. Mm-hmm. But there was a separation between the Hispanic speakers and the English speakers. What do our listeners need to understand about the importance of bringing the two communities together? I think we need to have respect uh, for the differences, right? Like when I went to visit my first group, I expected to be just like my group, like a one-hour meeting. We share from our seats for about maybe three to five minutes and was completely different. The first thing that the chairperson said is like the visitors have the preference You have the podium. You are suggested to share for 15 minutes. (laughs) And that was a lot more that I had imagined speaking in Spanish for the first time in a Hispanic group. Their meetings are two hours long, Uh, sometimes more, one hour and a half, two hours. When the clock got around eight o'clock, I think it was, I was like, what's going on? Everybody goes to the podium and share. mm -hmm. And the length of the sharing is longer. I mean, it says a lot culturally to invite your guests to go first and that the meetings are longer. I'd also heard that the meetings really do not have as equal a gender balance. You know, and and let me just say it, I'll get in trouble for this, right? Only Americans only speak one language, right? Everybody else speaks multiple (laughs) languages, right? So here I am with my good American education and my one language. What do I need to know? How can I be an ally? How can I be a supporter? Well, I had a suggestion in, I visited one of our five districts uh, about a week ago. They asked me why we don't come and invite them for the events, right? Like they have this uh, ciclos de unidad or when they have anniversaries for the groups, 
They don't send like a mail to their central office or intergroup office. They go, they have a committee and they take their invitation to their anniversary to the group in person. So yeah, it's, they create a lot more of community. Their fellowship is more united. That's at least my experience here. They know each other. So I would visit a different group and I would see the same people that I saw somewhere else. I couldn't remember exactly the names and things like that, but I could recognize them around. And, and that's that's a good feeling. You know, you've- that's that's beautiful. That connection between the groups is great to hear. If there's a language barrier, that is a big barrier. You're lost. But it's beautiful to hear that there are alcoholics who have carried the message, the language of the heart in a language that you can understand like no one else can. That's what's beautiful about AA. Paz, you got anything to add to this? Any thoughts? Yes. Why to be intentional about this? We have a spiritual program. This is a program about emotions, about the spirit. I, at least it is my experience. All my feelings, all my emotions are on my first language. I know how to say the serenity prayer in English. I know that. But to feel it, it took me a solid 10 years to feel something in English, Mm. to feel something else in another language. If I want to pray, I pray in my own language, in in Spanish. I don't pray in English. I try to do that. But if, if I am feeling stressful, if I am feeling fear, if I am feeling happy, my first reaction is to do that in Spanish. Yes. Uh, because all my feelings are on that language. The dream is to have a pill and to speak perfect another language. That's the dream, right? So that's why it's important to be intentional in this kind of events, any kind of events. And it's difficult. It is difficult because it is scary to speak another language. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce right? Did I say something right? Did I don't want to mess I up. I don't want to mess up. Really, I sound smart in my own language. I, I know that. <laughs> I, I know that. that. I, I sound really more <laughs> smart in my own language. And speaking with members and assembly, like Nadia said, public speaking is scary. Try to do that in another language, right? Yeah. I am so grateful that the Grapevine Board took a chance to have someone whose second language is English because they want to hear the voice about what is happening in the Spanish-speaking groups. There are some important difference, cultural difference, that they are relevant to talk and they are relevant to take in consideration for the magazines. The cross-pollination is so important yes. between the two. And the only way that can happen is events like Nadja's talking about at an assembly that has both languages being spoken, translation, and to participate in those things and not be frustrated and go, oh, this is too much work. This is boring having to listen to the same thing twice and let go of that. This is something I've had to do in myself. I'm speaking from experience. Let go of that because look at how it strengthens all of AA. The part that I love, Paz, as you said, it took me 10 years to feel anything in this other language. My feelings, my thoughts, my prayers are in my native tongue. And I think when more members of Alcoholics Anonymous, English-speaking members, understand that, they understand that I'm creating a space for another alcoholic to have the profound spiritual experience that will save their life. Yes, very true. Yes, doing an interpretation, creating a space for Lavinia, 
it's expensive, takes time, takes patience, yeah. but you're saving a life. I really appreciate the both of you being here. Alcoholics Anonymous is for everyone and that it is our obligation spiritually to hold and support spaces that create an ever-widening circle. That's what Bill Wilson calls it, an ever-widening circle. So thank you both for being here. Thank you. If you're like this alcoholic and this alcoholic, there is never, ever enough. Stick around after the close for a little extra. Oh, yeah, I'll have some extra. The Grapevine and Lavinia apps are now available for both iOS and Android phones. To get yours, go to the App Store on your phone and search for AA Grapevine or Lavinia. I'm at the very wit's end. Cuckoo. A slightly high gent walked into a bar and asked for a shot of squirrel whiskey. Don't have squirrel whiskey, but we've got some old crow. Hell, man. I don't want to fly. I just want to jump around a little. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Search AA Grapevine in the App Store on your phone or find AA Grapevine on Instagram and YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, search online for Alcoholics Anonymous in your city or visit aa.org. That was freaking amazing. <laughs> Bishop, California. Aaron, you sent us a picture of a tattoo when we were talking about uh, favorite phrases in the big book. And Don tasked me with talking with you about that. What's that tattoo say? My tattoo on my uh, arm here, it says, Frothy Emotional Appeal Seldom Suffices. Now, what is it about that that's working for you so much that you would get a tattoo of it? Oh, man. I... You know, I wanted a tattoo from the big book that I didn't think anyone else had. I wanted one that's one of my favorite lines, and there are several. But this one has always caught me from, like, my first year. It's it's beautiful writing. Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. That's really pretty. And it's so true, right? Because you can't talk me into being sober. Mm-mm. Nobody talked me into this. If somebody talked me into being sober, I could talk myself out of it. And I like it that it has the word frothy 
emotional appeal selling some vices because frothy like the top of the beer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it is a beautiful turn of phrase. Bill wrote some good stuff. Now, I thought it was really cool when you emailed this in, I realized, oh my God, I know this guy. We've been acquaintances for a dozen years. Yeah. So I reached out to you and then found out that you were coming to Palm Springs. And that's why we're sitting here having this conversation. What's something special that's happening here in Palm Springs? I'm having a dinner with my grand sponsor while I'm down here. Tomorrow I'm headed off for a work thing. But tomorrow morning something's going on, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, my, uh, my anniversary's tomorrow. Celebrating 24 years. On, uh, 220, 2000. I walked into a church. I saw a sign that said AA downstairs. And um, this guy up front, he said I didn't have to drink anymore. And I went up and I told him I needed help. And the help came. And uh, tomorrow will be 24 years since then. And how old were you when you did that? I was 24. So that makes this even more special, right? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Half my life. It's like doing over the first part. <laughs> Which, it needed doing over. <laughs> I'm not sure how that equates to like how old I am emotionally at this point. <laughs> I think that makes you 24, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe 34, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron, I am so glad we got to sit down and chat. Thank you. It's great to chat and see you again, Sam.